0: The center has been, has existed for approximately, for actually a little more than 30 years. And there's a talk preceding Thanksgiving every year and I, when I'm here, which is I think 28 or 29 times out of the 30 years, I, no one else wants it really. They're all getting in cars and planes and whatever and going somewhere, Uh, but for me it's the I grew up in an immigrant community. it's the one American holiday that I could really relate to, uh, not for the turkey and all that, but uh, the words thanks, give, you know, giving thanks." And so I like to give, to take this talk, uh, but there's so many things that we can be grateful for, of course, and we, if we all chimed in, we'd be here for a long time. Uh, But I limit it to how our practice, why I'm grateful for having a practice, why this practice uh, is so invaluable, and why we're not helpless in the face of whatever happens. Um, Originally, when I made up this title, um, I thought, well, sure, everything is daily life. Uh, Where isn't there daily life? And meditation uh, as a way of life. But it turns out that that can be nice words, a nice phrase, not too bad. I didn't make it up, but it's there, been around for a while. But it also can be a, a, a cliche, a total cliche, in that, uh, or we don't fully know what it means. Uh, what it is trying to say is, at least my understanding of it, is that. Well, look, let's begin with uh, what we have to work against, in a sense, well, what we're up against. The icon in Buddha Dharma is up there and an altar. It's the Buddha. It's a, a figure, a human figure in repose, in meditation. When some of them there's some very beautiful ones throughout the world in museums and, and, and at monasteries, and even perhaps a few here. Uh, where the, there's a, a quiet uh, solitude, but also joy uh, in the uh, in the figure, and it's a seated figure, if the person is se- so that that stands for what we do, and is it an extremely precious aspect of what our practice is? Of course, so there's a good reason why that's there. Uh, however, if you read uh, the teachings, you'll see that uh, it's very clear that it, what was meant is it's a way of, of living. And at a certain point, even if you practice in monasteries where, they, where it's set up to give you plenty of time to do sitting, uh, most of the day it's not spent sitting. There has to be all kinds of activities, and, re- and relationships don't go away. They're just different. People have different clothes. And their, head, their head, head, head is different. The uh, haircuts are different if you're a monk or a nun. But there are still problems in monasteries and so forth. And so daily life is, is our life. This is what our life is. So it means nothing is really outside of it. Um, when I gave the title, I thought it was an obvious talk that I was going to give, which is I had a stroke and I was hospitalized. At the Beth Israel for a week, a little more, and then came home and had to, it took quite a few months uh, to um, rehab. I was sort of uh, under house arrest, uh, the the warden being my wife. Uh, Because little by little, you have to regain your sense of balance and movement, and uh, speech has been fine. In other words, I'm still a blabbermouth, but uh, the brain seems to be working reasonably well, but I'll let you judge. Um, and so uh, if you read the original teachings of the Buddha, the early the, the scriptures, the uh, Pali Canon, there are countless times throughout where uh, what is being suggested, the, the Buddha is often con- uh, considered throughout the ages as the supreme physician. And the model that's used is something that's taken from what is now we now know as Ayurvedic medicine, where uh, it's just a very sensible way of looking at, at, uh, at uh, illness. First, there's illness. Uh, there's a disease. We call that dukkha. So it's all kinds of not just suffering. that limits it a bit. And then there's a, uh, a pathogen. There's something that causes it. That, part- that helps bring it about, uh, and in this case, we actively participate in bringing it and helping to bring it about. And it's uh, greed, hatred, delusion. It's a craving and attachment to something which we th- think of as being me or mine. By the way, I usually ask, and I'm sorry I didn't. How many people here? Anyone here for the first time? Okay, you're all welcome. How many of you are really very, very new to all this? Show of hands. You don't get a funny hat or anything. It's just, okay. Um, I'm going to do my best to be as clear as I can. But also, many of the people here have been around the block for a while. And so I may assume certain things without knowing it. But there'll be an opportunity for us to talk things over. Um, So there's the pathogen. Oh, the different ways in which we contribute to bringing about uh, a uh, suffering in our life and then there's a cure, there's healing and uh, there's the there's health and that's brought about by the path the eightfold path of, of the, in the Buddhist teaching which is uh, Sila Samadhi and Panya which is ethical refinement uh, both ec- to begin with externally but finally what really happens is it's internal, where you learn about the price you pay for living a life that, has to, that is not guided by ethics. Um, and then there's samadhi, which is learning how to stabilize the mind. We all have, as you, those of you who've been here for a while, we know there are many methods and techniques, and the new people, you may have come just to get that, and that's fine. And then um, there's insight, wisdom. Wisdom is the is the uh, crown jewel of the Buddha's teaching, and if you look at our, you have over there this uh, uh, our altar is carved by a, a Korean Zen monk. It's a uh, Manjushri, who's the uh, that's a, the sword of wisdom, cutting through illusion, ignorance, delusion, and then over here is a that's a male figure. It's you know. Don't, you know, let's not make that into a problem. <laughs> Women have wisdom too, probably more. <laughs> okay. And then you have a female figure with a flower. That's compassion. So they go together. You know, you, if you had wisdom with no compassion, it wouldn't really be wisdom. But compassion without wisdom, that can often uh, be not questioned. That can be very dangerous. Uh, blind compassion lead, can lead to more problems than it's designed to heal. So the two—that's the practice—is going in that direction, and that's the those—that's in a sense the medication. If you read the uh, a lot of the suttas there they, the Buddha goes through this many, many times. That's why they picked that image. That image was picked um, of. Uh, Monks who are very very sick and not, not being attended to by their fellow monks, and the Buddha scolds them and gets down and cleans the body, but himself and uh, helps this person come back to health. And also where ideals are set up or guidelines for how to be a good patient, how to be a good nurse. Uh, so it's, it comes up again and again and again. So I thought, um, well, if what I, if this practice really is helpful, and Obviously, for me, it has been. Uh, And as I always say, don't trust what I'm saying, because I'm in the business. I'm a meditation teacher. What do you think I'm going to (laughs) say? Vipassana meditation, it's cute, but it's kind of useless. It didn't help predict the election. Well, no, stay away from that. (laughs) Um, So, of course, uh, I've uh, been at this for quite a while. And so... Listen carefully and uh, make up your own mind. And of course you can't really do that unless you take on the practice and find out for yourself. Because <laughs> there are plenty of beautiful words all over the place. We're drowning in gorgeous words of all kinds. And uh, they can be comforting, but unless you do it, you won't find out if there's any, is it, can it be a way of life? Is it a, is it a perspective on living that's an improvement of how, over how we are living already? It's for you to decide, but that suggestion is being made strongly by the Buddha, who's saying, human race, and this is pushing 3,000 years ago, you don't know how to live. Here are a few hints. I'm putting it in ordinary language. Um, So I thought, because uh, having been hospitalized and, well, I won't go into all the details, I thought I could give a good example of how this practice helped me uh, because there's so much in the Buddhist teaching on aging, sickness, and death, and I've, been, I've had some training in it, and I've practiced with it, and I, there's no question then, I, you're put to a test when you find yourself in a the hospital, then it's no longer merely theoretical. Or you're reflecting on it, or you're watching other people go through it. I've worked with corpses as part of the training. Um, suddenly, you're, you're it. And did the practice help? Definitely. 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 Uh, it made it uh, possible for me to have good spirits. I can't say there weren't some bumps in the road, there were. But overall, I turned it into a retreat. I was three months that I couldn't teach here. Uh, one of those weeks on my back, I uh, was not allowed, not eating and not drinking, it's all intravenous and constantly being interrupted, you know, for blood, but some of you, probably many of you know. Um, but it helped, it helped tremendously. But if you sum up all, so I thought I had, great, I hope this helps other people. If you sum it all up, and there are countless examples in the Buddha's life, in these, these teachings that the Buddha gave, it amounts to sick body, healthy mind. Uh, that is, yes, of course the body ages, it must grow ill, and it must die. What about the mind? And what the Buddha is saying is that is something that we have some say in. We can really help that. So that, granted, no one's saying that you'll live forever if you meditate or that you won't age or that you'll never get sick. No one's saying that. That would be nonsense, stupid. But what? But how the mind takes what happens to the body is uh, has quite a bit of variability to it and a lot of the training is to help you not do unnecessary suffering. That there there must be some, for example, I've been vegetarian for 50 years. Granted, now there's all this literature. Uh, I did eat dairy and I did have some eggs. (gasps) You know, I wasn't pure pure vegan. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then the last 10 years, I've been whole food, whole uh, whole food, plant-based, no dairy, no eggs, certainly no, uh, one of my relatives from Russia uh, said, found out I was vegetarian at the first Thanksgiving some years ago and said but you eat fish right I said no it's not a fish isn't a vegetable you know? <laughs> uh, so, so I shouldn't have a stroke all the literature talks about it so I shouldn't have had a stroke because my cholesterol was doctors said you have the cholesterol of someone 25 years old my blood pressure you have the blood pressure of someone in their 20s and uh, all these vegetables and uh, organic when I can and whole foods and, you know, and herbs and, whoa. You know, uh, there I am in Beth Israel Hospital on my back. So you help me. And uh, so my mind started suffering about that. This shouldn't be happening because of, but it was. At a certain point, just being aware of yourself, you see, well, it shouldn't have happened, but it did. And the facts are, these are the facts. The practice is always coming back to the actuality of this moment rather than making up all kinds of stories. And there's room for us reflecting and a kind of reflective insight where you you review your past and see mistakes you've made and learn from it, and all kinds of reflections. There's room for that. But the cutting edge of Vipassana is the direct seeing without any delusion without uh, clear seeing and it's the clear seeing that leads to to clear speech and clear action which makes it less likely to produce unnecessary suffering not only in yourself but in the people in your life. So great but then uh, I talked about impermanence I chanted it Uh, along comes the election no one's interested in my stroke they they want me to people want to know about what they can do so they don't get a stroke from the election so suddenly uh, then I realized it's not any you know people want to, are there any special instructions special techniques meditative? it's the same it's just a different form it's still do it's still the uh, it's still there you're still suffering it's just this brought it on, in the hospital that brought it on. It could be the weather could bring it on, someone looking at you the wrong way could bring it on. Anything can. It's a way of, it's life. Life includes this. So, uh, so I pretty much dropped that talk. And I don't, but I'm, we're going to have a period to discuss and I'm going to try to keep my remarks a little more brief than usual because I do want to hear what's more on your mind. It needn't be on the election. And everyone's welcome here, whether you voted or you didn't vote or who you voted for, or what it was, you know, what, uh, what it is. Um, but uh, if it is, and if there's some way in which uh, the practice, we can be, I'm grateful for the practice because I'm human, I have my political persuasion, I'm not telling you what it is, but you can figure it out. Right? I live in Cambridge, right? <laughs> <laughs> 97, I think, 97% of the people who live in Cambridge voted for someone who didn't win the election. Okay, so there's good probability I was one of them, but I'm not telling. Okay, because everyone's welcome here. Um, okay, so uh, and we've had... Sessions and Ryan and George Mumford, and there's been a real need for it. And so, um, but the teaching remains the same. There is dukkha, and granted, the facts are that the person who shouldn't have won did win. And uh, the mind has to catch up with the facts. That is, this actually not only happened, but it is happening. And perhaps there's some cooling down. I pick up. There, there may be, but then there are some, some of us, uh, not me so much anymore, news junkies who are, and then you have the uh, food frenzy uh, of, of the talking heads on TV, you know, who are either doing a post-mortem on what happened and how it ha- did happen, uh, disagreeing with each other, and then the, the other is the future and evaluating all the new possible cabinet members and this. And so it's just, it's great for, the, for TV. There's just a lot of material. But um, I don't watch most of it. Uh, And the facts are that this happened and has affected many people, not only in our country, but around the world. And we can't take care of everyone, but we can take care of ourselves. And that contributes to everyone. Uh, Then in the process of taking on discussing this in our, we have a Thursday group of people who have been practicing for a long time uh, and then I got other questions where people implied, well, if we do what you're saying, be aware of what this brought up in us, and awareness takes care of it, and we find ourselves more calm and clear, uh, isn't that uh, a cop out that we're not involved, we're not doing anything? That's not what this is saying. What it's saying is if we can, in a sense, uh, clear the red dust from the mind, from the mirror. That's, it's an ancient, uh, from Asia, method, uh, image of uh, a mirror that's full of dust. And practice is cleaning away the red dust. Because people, in, in ancient times, people would walk and there'd be dust and it would uh, cloud their vision. Uh, so that that's what, that's what does it. But that doesn't imply that we're passive or that we don't help well, we don't do what we should do. Now, I'm not going to tell anyone what to do or not do. But whatever whatever it is you want to do about what happened, aren't you in a better situation to do that if your mind is a little clearer, a little kinder, a little wiser? And uh, can't that be more helpful to the people around you who are perhaps very upset? Look, I, I have medical friends who are, who are telling me that it's also had uh, People are losing, can't sleep. People are are, are having blackouts. Uh, All kinds of things are happening as a result. So I don't mean to uh, romanticize anything, but the facts are that this is happening, and if this is a way of life, this is part of that life, and if this method, if this practice is indeed useful, it should help us to move through this in a way that's, Skillful, which means wise. Wisdom in the Buddhist sense means something that can be learned. It isn't just by reading Plato and Socrates and you memorize it and then you're wise. Uh, everyone, anyone can do that. I did it for many years. So uh, it's, it's nice at parties, <laughs> but it doesn't make you any wiser. It just means you have wise talk. And people go, whoa, you read Socrates. Yeah, but... Uh, How's my own mind. And so that's, so when we talk with each, discuss with each other, as I hope we will do soon, right, in a few moments, um, I may not be consoling you the way you want to be. There's plenty of room for us to gather together as a group. In fact, a lot of it's happened here. And I'm all for it. And there is, of course, room for sorrow. There's room for crying. I know... People were crying for days over this. So it's not to obliterate our honest emotions and ways, more conventionally recognizable ways of dealing with this with other people or just doing something that uh, makes us happy to take our mind off how painful all this is, Uh, whatever it is, to enjoy nature or go on a trip or watch a, or eat your favorite, eat junk food, and you know, for the day. What is comfort food? I'd do that, okay. Uh, you don't think I, I'm 100% whole food? I mean, I, God, what a bore. Um, so, th- so in this practice, uh, when you come into a building like this, Cambridge Insight Meditation Center, it's got a, a focus, and the focus is to help you use the methods and techniques and understandings, frame of reference, paradigms, that we, that we have available to us that have proven themselves for thousands of years. Many, many human beings have helped, been helped by all this. But unless it helps you, it doesn't matter. Like maybe the Buddha solved his problems. Let's hope he did. But that doesn't mean we solve our, our problems. I mean, so each time it's fresh. It's for you to take on what's happening to you. And the practice is designed for that. It's the present moment that the healing takes place. And uh, I thought of one way to help you help focus it. I'm not sure this will, but I'm doing, I'm doing my best. And then I'd like to open it up to what you have to say. I'm not very poetic. I'm not being humble. I really am not. I play a mean blues harmonica, at least I used to about 100 years ago. I don't even own a harmonica anymore. And I wasn't a bad basketball player and baseball player in the old days. Uh, But I'm not very poetic. So I've written one poem in my life, and that's why I repeat it over and over again. (laughs) And I've tried to do it again. You can't try to write poetry. I suppose you can, but it doesn't work for me. See, can I remember it? Um, where is peace to be found? Where is peace to be found? Don't we all want some inner, of course, inner peace. Where is peace to be found? In the same place as sorrow. The more I hear it, not bad. Uh, How convenient. In other words, it's it's all here. The, The sorrow we have, it may have come in from the outside through our sense doors, through information, through all the... But finally... It's all the practice is about this mind and this body right here, right now, and, and always will be. This practice that we do here. There may be others that, that you prefer. Fine. So, in this one, it's convenient in the sense that, that that, where we look for where the sorrow is, is exactly the same place that transforms that energy as long as, but it requires a capacity to really pay attention, and we're learning how to do that here. We need new skills. We, most of us were not brought up to have the skills of paying attention. We have it in some area. It might be photography, it might be dance, it might be cooking, your profession. It's something you love to do and you're, you're really focused and attentive, but typically it doesn't follow through when we have to uh, aim that lens at ourselves. That's where we, as humans, we fall down uh, we 're very good elsewhere, but that 's and the record shows it if if it weren 't true, the human race would be in good shape, but we 're not we haven 't learned how to live with each other okay so um, now it doesn 't mean you have to talk about the election anything is welcome but i 'm just telling you that what i 'm going to focus on is how this practice uh, can enable you, even if you're very new, can enable you to not feel helpless. But that is, there are things you can do to take care of yourself. And by extension, if you take care of yourself, you're helping the people in your life, even if they don't uh, give, give a darn about meditation. Because what you, that we all bring who we are to each other. OK. And if, oh, we have, uh, we're going to have to pass that mic around. Uh, are we going to? Yeah. yeah. Please. I had a question, but I you didn't want to pick Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.